Welcome to the Great Health Big Wealth Podcast, the podcast that explores the relationship between health and wealth. With experts on both sides, we help you decide on small action steps each week to improve your wellness and achieve great wealth. On today's episode, we'll be covering how to build wealth if you're in the service industry. Think 1099 contract employee without company retirement plans and healthcare. I'm your host, Hannah Davis, with Luke Downey. Luke, and we're back. Oh my God, it's been a minute. It's been we're... a few months. I feel like the world has changed, so glad to be back. Yeah, we need to get a little bit better about the consistency of shooting these podcasts. But yeah, man, life just gets in the way, doesn't it? It totally does. But you know what? We're going to get back at it. We're going to continue where we left off. I need to know what you've been up to over. I mean, has it been three months? Yeah, it's been three months. It's been three months since we last shot an episode. And what have I been up to? You know, a lot of business things. We launched our corporate wellness program. So that's a big, big thing I've been working on business-wise. And we're about to relocate our studio to a new building. So lots of things going on on the business front. Congrats. That's amazing. Thanks. And what about you, Lucas? What have you been up to? It's summertime. Kids are home. Summertime. Kids are home. Doing a bunch of sports. Doing stuff around the house, Hannah. You know, I went and bought a pressure washer. They've got a little bit of mold that's on the driveway. Why pay somebody to do that when I could do it myself, right? So trying to do a couple do-it-yourself projects. And you're not being paid for the pressure washer. I I feel like... Not that bad. And honestly... People rent these things out. So I don't know, maybe there'll be another podcast where we talk about renting out some of your home equipment for money. I don't know. So, yeah. Ooh, whoa, that's a whole business idea right there, right? Like the Uber of home equipment. Home right? equipment. I'm sure somebody has done that, but listen, it's an idea. Somebody take that idea mm-hmm. and run with it because I think it's a really good one. Totally. And and also, let me tell you what else has happened. Okay, so I believe the last time that we filmed, May 4th, all right, so it's early August right now, the NASDAQ is up 18.5%. 18.5%. Oh, my God. S&P 500 over the same time is up 11.5%. So we are almost at all-time highs, Hannah, and it just goes to show you got to keep at it. Don't stop. Don't give up on the game plan because, you know, things change. And you know, it's crazy. Our last episode, we were talking about recession fears. And that's exactly what you said. You were like, hey, now is the time to plow in that money that you might have. And had you done that, when Lucas gave us all the, the, the knowledge we needed to jump in and do that, you know, I hope some of you got some of our listeners heeded that. Sometimes with the media, it's the sideshow. You know, they're constantly, banks are failing and they show the videos of people in the bread lines and they just get so crazy with these ideas. Some people, they just buy into it and maybe they move to cash or maybe they just get risk averse, but You've got to be very careful with the information that you consume. Don't act on it, right? And just try to ask yourself, 
is this the time to cut the run or is this a good time where prices are depressed, they're lower, and maybe you can get a good deal or two. So, any. Larry, can I ask you this question? Were there any stocks you felt like you personally went in and got a good deal on? Are you willing to share that info? Well, technology has been one of the groups that just got battered last year. You know, you had rising interest rates. So a lot of those companies like Facebook, which is Medux, Video, big semiconductor company, Apple, all of those companies have just been flying high. Microsoft, I think we spoke about dividend stocks, and that's just owning a company that gives you a share of their profits every single quarter, where you can take those dividends, they're basically checks, and reinvest them in the company. Microsoft, this is a company I've been holding for a bunch of years, great company. They have just been going crazy with AI. You know, that is what caught the whole market by storm. Nobody saw it coming, right? You can just go in, reinvest those monies. And that's the key is you don't have to just keep forking over money. You can just use the dividends to make your position just get bigger over. You don't really have to do anything. And then whenever you catch a rally, you just make more money. So what do we do now, Lucas, that we're like at an all-time high almost? Do we hang tight, wait to see if the market drops a little bit and start to, what, what do we do now? Well, the good news is there are a lot of companies that are still on sale. So just because the overall market is near all-time highs, not every stock is. So you could look in the small cap space, that just means companies with a smaller market cap basically just a, a tinier company, a riskier type of company. A lot of those are down 50%, 60% from high. So there's, you know, some valuations that are attracted in that space, but you certainly don't want to be given up on your stocks. And I think that last year was probably the lows for the market in this, you know, cycle. And we're set to accelerate over time. I know interest rates are high. We could get into all of this, but interest rates are set to come down over the next year or two. Once they do that, it's going to be a big tailwind for stocks. And you'll be glad that you were buying along the way when this actually comes. Okay, that makes sense. Well, today we have a topic that's kind of near and dear to my heart because I am self-employed. And I have almost always worked full-time in what I consider a service industry as a personal trainer. And what I never really thought about early on is how to invest and how to make sure that I would be able to retire one day. You don't really think about that when you're early 20s and the fact that you don't work for a company that offers these awesome retirement plans, 401ks, yep. health benefits, all of that. If I could go back to my early 20s self, I want to give her some knowledge that would put her in a better place today than I might be today. Listen, I think... So that's Hoping that you can help us with, Lucas. Did you ever have a, a service job? Yeah, well, I mean, never? I'm self-employed, right? So I've been doing what? my own business for a number of years. And by Certainly. the way, congrats to you for staying in business this long. I don't know the stats offhand, but it is a an alarming number of companies that fail 
in the first year, let alone the first three years. So you can make it three, five, 10 plus years. I know you've been at it more than 10 years. That is a testament. So kudos. But when it comes to, when it comes to investing and thinking ahead, do you have to have a game plan? Just like with working out and your diet, everything just takes time. And so I think one of the first things you want to do whenever you're a 1099 employee is realize that you have a lot of flexibility. When you work for an employer, even though they give you these benefits, whether it's healthcare outages, whether it's retirement plans, all of that, there's very little flexibility and you're limited to the menu of options that they have. Whenever you work for yourself, you can do a couple of things. So the first idea here, the first smart plan is to create an individual retirement account for yourself. So that's called an IRA. What it is, let me tell you how you can have one. First is you need to have earned income. So as long as you got earned income, you can put up to, and this year it's $6,500. That's the max contribution that you can put into an IRA. Anyone in the U.S. can do this. And then just put that into stable mutual funds or index funds. So that's S&P 500 stocks. So $6,500 is the max. You don't have to do $6,500. When I started, it was $2,000 per year that I could afford. Now, the IRA years ago, that was the limit. It was a couple thousand dollars. They tend to increase in every few years. But if you're a 1099 employee, this is so important because you've got to do the planning yourself. No one's going to help you. Nobody's going to give you that match. But what an IRA allows you to do is you can put money into single stocks. You can put those investments into mutual funds, all these different types of avenues, and it grows tax-free. All right, so you get all that compounding effect until retirement age. Then whenever you pull it out, you pay your taxes at your income tax rate. So very easy to set up. I think it just takes you know a couple of minutes. Go to Fidelity, go to Schwab, any of these major brokerage houses and get started like that. That's the first thing that I would encourage a young parent to do. Okay, an IRA fund first first and foremost. What if you what if you do pull out some of that IRA money before retirement? It, when it gets taxed or you're gonna pay a penalty, number one. So you never okay. want to pull money out of an IRA. There's a couple of reasons to do that. One is this is long term money, right? So why are you taking it out of there? Number two, you're gonna face penalties. Okay, so I think there's a 10% penalty that you're going to pay. Also, you're going to pay tax if there's some gains on it. So you don't want to do that. And then third is if you were ever to file for bankruptcy, as long as it's in one of those retirement types of funds, like an IRA, it's protected. Nobody can come after those, those dollars. Okay, so you could literally go belly up and that fund is going to stay secure. Okay, so just knowing that, you know, you should not ever touch those those months. Now, there is something called a Roth IRA, which is pre, it's post-tax dollars. So an IRA was pre-tax dollars that so you pay taxes whenever you pull the money out. A Roth IRA, you've already paid your taxes on. And so you can put that money into an account. There are income limits to this as well, but 
it grows tax-free. Then once you reach retirement age, 59 and a half or more, you can pull that money out and not pay a dime in tax because you had already paid your tax early. And what's good about a Roth IRA, last point, is the contributions that you put in there, you can pull those out penalty-free at any time. So there is added flexibility. Right. So once you've maxed out what you can contribute to your IRA, you would recommend opening a Roth IRA and contributing what you can to that. So there is, is that what I'm hearing. So there's a $6,500 per year limit to any IRA contribution, whether it's traditional or it's Roth. Now you can do a mix of either as long as your income limit is below the threshold. I think it's $124,000 for a single filer. So as long as you're under that, I believe you can put money into a Roth. You'd have to double check that with your accountant. But it's 6,500 max. And I I can't say one is better than the other. What you just want to be doing is getting money into these accounts as much as you can, as early as you can, because time is your most valuable asset when it comes to investing. Got it. Well, there you have it, guys. There's your retirement plan. Well, so then I have a question. If you are, if you are somebody that doesn't have a retirement plan with your work and you open these accounts, I'm, I'm assuming these are more accounts, uh, these are more important investment accounts to open than just like a, a regular investment account, correct? Totally, because they're tax advantaged. So okay. there's just so many positives about this. One is it grows tax-free. Two, if you collect dividends on your stocks, you're not going to be paying tax on those either because this is a, a tax advantage vehicle. And this is just the beginning. If you work at, at a company and they have a 401k plan, you can still do these IRAs. This is step one that, any, that everybody should do but especially if you're a 1099 employee. And just to give you an idea, let's assume you started today, you're young Hannah, right? Go get her everything, $6,500. Let's say you put that into the S&P 500 in an IRA. Let's say that you do that every single year for 30 years. So every month you put in $541 and 66 cents. That's $6,500 a year. In 30 years, S&P goes up on average 10%. 1.18 million dollars is what it is expected to grow to. Not too shabby. And your total contributions were two hundred and one thousand dollars. Or wow. Yep. Yeah. So you like that? Yeah, we we like that. You want your money to be working for you while you sleep. So that is step one. If you are self-employed, definitely get that higher rating. Okay. And then are there anything that, is there any plan available that you know of that is solely for 1099 contract type and for? Yes, there is a big one and that is called a step IRA. So this is specifically for the self-employed. So that's the self-employed pension plan. Okay. This allows you to put up to $66,000 in this IRA account every single year. Now, 
this is obviously going to have some limits, right? And it's based on how profitable your 1099, your business is effectively. But the way the math works out is 25% of your business profits, right? As income can be put into a SEP IRA up to $66,000. So when you say $66,000, that a light bulb should go off on everybody because 401ks, you're not allowed to put that much money in there. But the way the tax code is written, if you're self-employed, um, you're going to get a bigger benefit because you're taking bigger risks, right? Most businesses fail. So if you happen to have like a, a banner year, you can put up to $66,000. And that number increases every couple of years with how much you can put in there. Yeah. And you never, let's say you are a 1099 and then you become a W-2 employee. You wouldn't have to forfeit your SEP account, would you? No, no. It's going to stay with you forever. Okay. You can have, you can have, you can go do your 401k after that. This is just going to stay on the side. You know, you find that same way if you are at a company, you've got a 401k plan. Let's say you get hired at another company, right? You leave one company, goes that 401k follows you. So it doesn't go away. Right. Okay. But check this yeah, out. Yeah. Let's do, let's do some really good numbers here. Let's assume you put $66,000 away every year and then your monthly contribution is $5,500 and you do this for 30 years. All right. This is $66,000 a year. And all right, guess what that number is in 30 years. Growing at 10%. Oh my. 10 million. 12 million. <laughs> I was pretty fine. Yes. So uh, again, I mean, we would all be just so tickled if we had that kind of cash flow, but it just goes to show that, you know, if you're self-employed, you can really shove a ton of cash into an IRA that you ordinarily wouldn't be able to if you were an employee. I also want to touch on health savings accounts and what you know, because healthcare is something that we don't have the privilege of having when we're in a service industry job. That is totally true. And the healthcare industry, man, it just continues to get harder and harder. I know every time I go to the, the hospital, the doctor, it's just like, even though you're paying your premiums, you're still having to come out of pocket so much more. It's just like less and less things are covered. So it's just getting worse and worse for the consumer. But the health savings account is a wonderful product, really for young people, healthy people. I would assume you're one of those types of healthy people. You're not going to the hospital that often, but a health savings account is going to allow you to save money into a savings account. You can even invest some of these funds and it's going to grow again, just like an IRA tax deferred. And you can use those monies for qualified medical expenses. So doctor's visits, hearing aids, prescription drugs, you name it. This is a great product. You could set this up. You know, it doesn't have to be employer sponsor. This can be something that you really set this up on the side in addition to healthcare that you may be getting from the state. Yeah. And what I love about this is that unlike healthcare, insurance, you get this money back if you don't use it. Instead of just paying into a system, you might 
never or rarely use, this money comes back to you. You get to keep this money. Totally. Yeah. It is your account. It stays with you. And as you get older, right? Imagine if these funds are invested and you're not drawing it down because you don't have these expenses. That is going to grow over time because your medical needs are going to likely only increase as we get older, right? You're going to need those monies. There's going to be more out-of-pocket expenses. And HSA is just a great vehicle to grow and let that money compound, especially if you got extra cash and you're thinking like, like you are right now, what can I be doing worth my healthcare costs? What can I be doing over the long term that's going to benefit me? HSA, I mean, that is a monster, monster, amazing plan. This is kind of a great segue into, all right, hey, let's get, let's get an HSA and let's never have to use it. Let's invest in our health so that we don't have to use it or we don't need to use it for as long as possible, right? Totally. I mean, it's inevitable. The body breaks down as we age and get older, but the healthier you stay in the, in the long run, the more that money can sit and compound and be there for you into your ripe old age, right? It's, and it's works the same way. Theoretically, it's long-term vehicle. You do not want to pull money out of that. You know, you don't want to use this as some savings account because if you pull it out before the age of 65, I believe you're going to pay a penalty. So you don't want to do that, right? There are these products and they're not televised. You know, a lot of people don't know all of this, but it's there. It's longer term. My plan is to get you. And how do you definitely just say, is that the same way, like through a Fidelity account or through is that what where's the option of opening the hsa you know you need to look online to figure out where you can begin these hsa i can do some homework to figure out where you go to sign up for hsa but i don't think it's going to be long for me to figure out where okay okay all right well, I mean, this sounds good. Is there anything else you want to add to this? I think the other thing is whenever you're self-employed, make sure that your money is working for you. So in this environment we're talking about right now, August 2023, interest rates are really high. So you can park unused cash. So if you're a small business, right? You've got cash that's just sitting there. You can put it into money market funds. They're paying 5% annually right now, okay? Because the Fed, they raised interest rates. So if you've got a lot of money that isn't move, it's not going anywhere for the next few months, next few years, you can be parking that into a money market fund instead of making zero in your money, start making 5% interest annualized. Makes a huge difference. I recently just did that, like last week, like just moved money that's doing nothing. And I, I, you know, it needs to, needs to be earning me something, but I didn't want to plow it into the market and just moved it over to my Fidelity account, actually. I love that you're looking at Fidelity. It's just a great firm. That's where I have a lot of my assets. By the way, I just found out you can do an HSA at Fidelity. So, of course, there's... Huh. I mean, Look that up and teach Yeah, there you go. It's super simple, right? All it took was two seconds to figure out where is it and Fidelity comes right there. So... All of this optionality, it's, it's so good. So yes, the fact that you're thinking about moving cash, putting it into money markets, that's exactly what you should be doing. 
it's a great time right now to be self-employed. It's a great time to be 1099. Start investing. A lot of stocks are low. Interest rates are high. Make your money work for you. Love it. Great note to end on. Great chat, you guys. We are going to look so forward to bringing you more topics around your health. And well, we will talk to you soon. Bye. Uh.